intention interior trucking companies if you are relying on facility insurance you could be overpaying reduce your insurance cost by 10000 or more per truck and good news we accept drivers with only 1 years of experience to learn more just send us text by typing insurance to 3653640714 thank you Hello, and welcome again to another episode of the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast with your host, Chris Harris, and myself, John Farquhar. We've got an awesome guest, a repeat guest, uh, a handsome and good-looking guest, Mike McCarran from Left Lane Associates. And guess what? We're going to talk about the hot topic that's going on out there in the trucking industry. So let's get into it. Welcome to the Trucking Risk and Insurance Podcast. Michael, good morning. That doesn't look too handsome to me. <laughs> hey, this is the good-looking old boys club, Mike. <laughs> now, for those of you listening on audio, Michael shaved. He doesn't match uh, John and John or I. Yeah, he's the only yeah, clean-haired, clean-faced one here. Scruff there, he went fit in. <laughs> hey. We're talking about Driver Inc. or, yeah, we're just talking about Driver Inc. And Mike, what the first thing I'd like to know is, why is this such a problem? Well, I think it's a problem, Chris, because, you know, the government has basically said that these carriers that are not getting service deductions are breaking the law. They continually acknowledge that they're not paying their taxes. They continually acknowledge that there's not a level playing field, and, but they continue to make promises that they don't follow up on relative to enforcement. So it's a big topic because trucking is a tough enough business alone, let alone trying to compete with someone. And, and this is just math I've seen. It's got a 20% kind of advantage in a, in a business where you're making pennies in a dollar. So it's a real hot button. And I, I've got to tell you, if I was a carrier, I'd be on the moon and that as well. I'd probably be doing different things, but I would not be happy and I'd be fighting alongside them. Yeah. I mean, 20% if, Mike, do you have any idea what kind of uh, profit? I know this is a probably a terrible question to ask you, but um, what is the range of profit that trucking companies are making today besides the minus numbers? Well, you know, today they're probably not making a lot of money, especially the small and mid-sized carriers based on the state of affairs. But, you know, I think that top fleets are operating the low 90s operating market. That's what we used to measure when I was at Yellow Freight. So, you know, six, seven cents in a dollar. I know that the uh, the public companies are trading at, you know, around a six cap. So it's really hard to say. I think the small niche guys probably do a little bit better. But, you know, the bottom line, Chris, is the margins are so small. And, you know, one of the problems of trucking is it takes very little to go wrong. So you take a winter, for example, where you need 15 days to snow. What happens? So it's a very, very fine line of things that you can't control. Yeah, no, and if you, as you said, you add a, your, one of your biggest costs are your driver costs. And if you have a, an advantage of about 20% because you're using the driver ink model, that significantly adds to the bottom line. Well, if he has a bottom line, I would suggest they're probably using it there. And what I was seeing in the open market, the spot work, it's not going to the bottom line, it's going to the top line. Meaning, you know, you know, when 
you know, you get someone hauling freight out of Minneapolis for 4,000, driver carries according, so they're smart, they're 439, but yeah. they're not. Yeah. Those savings are not, I don't think are going to the bottom line past the customers, which is why you have such a spread between the spot market rates and the contract rates right now. You know, the, the spot, the driver carriers don't, are, aren't very diligent for surcharges. Their rates are all in. Um, and as I said, I think that this competitor advantage is being, is not going to the bottom line. It's, it's really being, uh, it's being given to the customer. So when, so if it, if driver Inc. And again, maybe I should ask you a question that you probably don't know the answer to. Why in the, if it's such a problem, why hasn't the government moved forward and taken some substantial steps to eradicate it? Well, I think that's the million dollar question. So my take talking to people that are maybe outside tracking is you've got a couple of things. You've got number one, you've got a situation where as much as our billion dollars a year, and that would be the estimated, you know, kind of tax dollars are being paid. It's really a drop in the bucket relative to the billions and billions and billions of dollars that going I'm collected. I think, I don't have the exact stats, but there is reward from like, going back four or five years ago, where, the, where there's 23, 24, 25 billion dollars here not being collected already. I read somewhere recently that they believe there's about 27 billion dollars in eligible COVID payers being paid. So I think oh. you've got a situation where CRA's a mess, they're on strike right now, they're a mess and they're not collecting. I think you've got a situation where I'm not sure how high it is on the, on the, on the politician's agenda. You know, you've got the, the South Asian bowl, which is very much a, a dry rink. It's very much a South Asian uh, business model. It's very liberal. Uh, you've got a vote, uh, an election coming up in 18 months. My suggestion will probably be a little bit sooner than that. You've got, you know, vote, vote, vote Rich Brampton, uh, quite a, quite a large South Asian lobby. I believe there's about 18 MPs. So I just think the government is paying a, a slip service and they are. They're just not, they just don't have the bandwidth to enforce this. And it really is a billion dollars is a lot of money, guys. But it's a drop in the pay buck. ERA fast. And I, and I went through it. I lived through it, uh, through a, a, a situation where I sold a business and, and it really made me realize that it's one thing to say, we're going to shut you down. But then you've got to go into the CRA court system. It's going to take years and years and years. And that's what made me realize that. It's time to acknowledge that this is probably not going away. I'm not saying I agree with it at all. I'm just saying it's probably not going to do a lot of factors that are much bigger than the trucking lobby and industry. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I don't agree with the driver ink model. Um, I mean, all three of us sitting here, we're all self-employed. And if you use the driver ink model and if the carrier doesn't issue a T4A slip, that means the driver gets to have all the same tax deductions that the three of us have who are self-employed, who took mm -hmm. a risk, uh, right. can lose money, can go bankrupt. But, you know, why should they get the same tax advantages that that we mm -hmm. have accepted because of a risk? I think a lot of drivers get duped because uh, it surely is not good for drivers. There's no benefit. Mm -hmm. No. They, they make less money, they're not protected. But I certainly know that in, in, in that culture, self-employment is very important. Um, mm -hmm. 
very, very important. And, and that's one of the other challenges, Chris, is this whole gig economy. Like, this is not just a trucking problem. Every, every friend I have is dealing with the same thing. Uh, I believe the gig worker is the worker of the future. And, and the bottom line is, there's no workers. They're going to get what they wanted. I think the government is going to have to do something because you can't continue to have this tax leak and, and, it, and, mm-hmm. it, and it's leading so much debt. And, and I just, I was blown away when I saw the amount of tax dollars that don't collect it every year. It's staggering. You know, they can't compete that just to collect its all. Yeah. My wife is in the dental hygienist world. And right now, dental offices are having a hard time uh, because as a, um, if you work through an agency as a dental hygienist being self-employed, you can make $50 an hour. Well, that's not what they're being paid in the dental practice. Therefore, they don't want to work directly for a dentist. And I suspect it's somewhat the same here in trucking that it's part of the gig economy. And it's not just our South Asian friends. It's, it's many. I mean, I use the dental hygiene as an example, and that's a wide uh, culture mix. Right, right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I think I have to be careful with the yeah. stuff they, that's probably trucking, but certainly that's very much an Eastern European. Basically, that they can't create it to Canada. So, uh, you know, we talk about South Asia because, you know, they're particularly focused on transportation, but the, uh, the, the immigration in general, these people don't want T4. And, and there's so yeah. many around it. I know they're carriers that hide behind agencies, carriers that are doing sort of these, you know, kind of rate uh, owner operator models. There, uh, there's a lot more carers doing thing, and you know, and I think what we're seeing as well is a lot of carers are saying, you know, they they believe it's illegal. I think they uh-huh. believe it's illegal. They don't want to cross a line, meaning they don't want to start any drivers independent contractors. So they're just getting out. Hey, I am more deals we just did left lane. As the owner said, I mean, I just can't compete with this. I'm sick of it. I'm tired. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it's a real estate time to get out. And, and you'll see as these legacy carriers are getting out, the proportion of driver rank or, or uh, independent contractor drivers relative to the rest of the business is just getting larger. That's from what we're Yeah. Well, let, let, let's, let's dive, uh, dive in here and analyze this just a little bit here. I think, I think we need to let everybody know what we know. Uh, so let's kind of start with a benefit of being in a driver ink model, right? So from a driver perspective, one of the things is right off the bat, the motor carrier is not taking source deductions. They're not taking your income tax, whether it be provincial or federal. They're not taking EI, uh, employment insurance. They're not taking CPP from you. And therefore, at the same time, that means the motor carrier is not providing their share of EI and CPP that need to be topped up, right? right. Um, so, so to the driver's perspective, it's like I'm making more money now, which is which is to them is like, hey, I want that now. I want that. So, is there any other benefits that other than those that I just kind of pointed out that would be beneficial? And then we'll get into the the, the cons of it here. Well, you know, once again. I don't know how beneficial those are because of what's lost. Okay. If you can bring those things again, workers' compensation, unemployment, yep. you know, can't yep. pick DPP, yep. 
what yep. was club case yep. and benefits. Yep. Um, yep. I don't think yep. there is a, and once again, I have to be careful. I don't have to be dangerous. Certainly the people I, well, there's no, yeah. no one, no one better through this. And, you know, the one thing about benefits, the thing that bothers me probably the most about all this, even tax situation is how went the lack of safety with a lot of these companies. That, you know, that's, yeah. that, that's another negative, but I don't know, John, if there actually is any benefits other than benefits to the company, because you're real fine now during COVID. There were so many non-employed fleets started and granted. It tells me they're also paying. They're also paying all their employees in the offices, yep. independent contractors as well. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's it's more than just driver. It's it's and it's in other other uh, industries as well. I've I've uh, been informed on my good sources. It's it's in all kinds of various di- different industries and whatnot. But you're right that. That self-employed model is very important to a lot of these people. The unfortunate aspect is they're not realizing what comes with it. And I, and I think one of the real big concerns is we talk about, and we use the, 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 um, the acronym CPP. And, and, and I want to make it very clear on this show here what CPP stands for, because a lot of drivers do not know that CPP stands for the Canada Pension Plan. And that's your retirement. When you turn 60, 65, 70, you know, and, and the guy with the whitest beard on this, on this view right now is probably either already collecting or going to be collecting it. But that's a big thing. If you pay into it, the more you pay into it, the more you get out of it. So if you're not paying into it and your employer is not paying their share, their contribution into it, when it comes time, I'm sorry, you're going to have to keep working. You know, so th- this is why you see these guys that are in their 70s and pushing beyond still driving truck because they never paid into the program and never put money away to invest properly so that they could properly retire. Yeah, I mean, John, I agree with it. The CPP is a huge thing that they're missing out on. Now, if I was self-employed and putting into RSPs or other investments, I could cover that up and, and be in good shape when I retire. The problem is when I had kids, I was living paycheck to paycheck and it would, the whole paycheck would be spent. And Mm -hmm. I didn't have, and when I was in my twenties and thirties, I didn't have money to invest. So yeah, I'm, I'm very thankful. COVID, uh, I mean, CPP got me through COVID. Let me Mm -hmm. tell you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, you know, it's, it's that catch 22, right? Because, you know, the sad part is even when I was younger and working my butt off, it's like, what, they're taking CPP? What the hell is this for? I, I don't need this. I need the money right now. But now, you know, as in my in my 50s here now, and I go to the bank and I sit with my uh, my financial representative and we look at the portfolio and he's going, hey, your CPP is looking pretty good. You're going to get a good chunk of change out of that because you paid into it properly as you should have, you know, and your employers help support that as well. Um because not all of us are smart enough to put away investments. Well, okay. how many people in Canada with paycheck to paycheck? I also just see driver oh, these There's drivers there are different, but uh, I think part of the problem is they're getting duped. You know, yeah. let's call a spade a spade. There's a lot of really good professional driver carers. It's been going on for 15, yep. 20 years. They're not dirt bags. You know, you talk to them and, and they, they, they found a loophole that the government's yeah. yet to close. But on the smaller side, there's still a lot of CD shit going on with. with oh, God, yeah. 
good yeah. grades, and uh, big driving schools, training guys. You know, you know what really absolutely to me says it all. I think I mentioned to you this the last time. A buddy of mine runs a, a buddy of mine from University Room, pretty large warehouse. And they actually have to have hire some to shut trucks into the dock. Yeah. Because the line haul driver who's driving 2,700 miles at load to California. Yeah. Now, I can't back a. There you go. That's why we're not live yeah. right there. And no. I got, no. can't have truck into a yard. I was going to navigate the four. We've got to drive 2,700 miles. How many situations is he, he going to run into or she's going to run into, like driving through Kitchener right now? And, and, and so I think the drivers get duped. They get this, uh, dangle this dream of self employment. You know, you brag to grant yourself employment. And, and I've yet to see one benefit of drivers, but yeah, say yeah. Uh, a lot of these larger fleets are very professionalized now because they, you know, they've been around for 20 years and they know what they're doing. And they're getting significant market share. They're getting Fortune 500 companies. Cause the one thing I've learned is customers don't care how you pay your drivers. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I think a lot of the legacy carriers were banking on is that loyal yeah. customers would few using people that were, that had an unfair advantage. That's not the case. Yeah. Well, and you know what? The, the, the aspect of that, um, you know, that glory of owning my own operation, whether it be as a, a single individual, an owner operator, what be is, is great. And I, you know, I've been an entrepreneur for many times. I've, I've worked as a company guy many times as well. But the, if the biggest thing I could tell anybody is do your research, because right now the trucking industry is probably not the best place to be jumping in as an entrepreneur at this time. You know, as you mentioned earlier on, spot rates, market rates are not where they need to be. The cost of fuels through the roof, insurance is through the roof, truck payments, the price of equipment is through the roof. That is not the time to be that guy when you do not have any business savvy sense. Learn it. Stay as a driver. Work for a good company and realize how much money you can make. The good companies will show you how to be a good business operator and not dupe you, as you say, because that is a problem. I think the one thing to keep in mind, John, though, is that these people are self-employed. They don't have to take the risk. They're they're not yeah, you know, yeah. like open records. They're not the one paying for the trucks. They're not yeah. paying for sure. They're doing none of that. Their only risk is, you know, the risking great job benefits and killing themselves or some of the rope because they don't have enough training. They're not taking a risk to your point. We all took a risk. No. Uh, I took a risk as a kid. I don't know how we did it. Do it. And you reap the benefits. Yep. You cannot live in this country without contributing to paying for the roads and paying for the infrastructure and the hospitals. And it just drives me nuts. But there just comes a point where you say, at some point in time in the industry, we have to read the tea leaves yep. and say, as a trucking entrepreneur, I need to start thinking differently. And I need mm-hmm. to start my business a little bit differently because my suggestion is that just not going anywhere. I don't know how they basically shut such a, a ten-headed monster down right now. And, 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 you know, the thing about it, too, is that, so think how important trucking is this economy. Imagine if you could pull 60,000 if you pulled 60,000 drivers, which you could never do, but just just think if, if 
the legacy carers got their utopia. Put our company, put our country out of business. You would lose all your competitiveness. So, you know, all these things are just paid to a lot of lectures. Every single, you know, this is Seamus O'Regan and my buddy, uh, you know, he comes up this big announcement, blah, 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 blah. You'll be in the budget. Budget comes. Nothing. Yeah. And the other part of this whole thing is it's not just a Canadian problem. No. You know, the U.S. is fighting the same thing or a similar problem. California. In fact, it's interesting. I talked to a friend of mine in California. And you know what a lot of these driving dryers are doing to complicate things is they're they're working a a couple of Uber gigs and and outside and you know they're 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 doing other gig economy jobs to create other sources of income. Just to, and once again, just another complication for CRA and, yep. and, and to tie this thing up if they ever do if they ever do decide in court. Right. Yeah. Right. And really, I'm leaning with you, Mike. That they don't have the stomach to enforce it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, back 30 years ago when I was with TNT, our owner operators paid most of their drivers. Uh, what we would say cash. I mean, I know it wasn't cash. It was a check, but yep. it was going to their personal name. They didn't know the SIN number of that driver. Therefore, it was never getting declared. And that was 30 or 40 years ago, this was going on in trucking. And it was very predominant. Then it's changed from that to the driver ink model. But it's, it's a 40, 50 year old problem that the government has never, uh, decided was important enough and it's not just trucking as you said i mean carpenters and all kinds of people i mentioned dental it seems like everybody wants the gig economy everybody wants to be self-employed mm-hmm. and just early immigration these you know these whatever country they're coming from they kind of they're chasing this dream this canadian dream and that starts with self-employment without the risk but also without the benefits so I feel bad for workers somewhat, but to your point, Chris and John, kind of the horses out of the bar now, I think if you really lead closely, you'll realize that I, I encourage the legacy carers to try and level the playing field. I just wish a government would off their ass and they would mm-hmm. either either enforce or say, go do it. Because I know mm-hmm. if I own a trucking company, I'd be doing it all day. There's no well, way. So... So, so that brings up the perfect, the perfect segue that I wanted to bring up was, well, if we can't beat them, what do we do to join them? Well, I, I think it's, you know, there comes a point where you say, either I have to join or I have to get out. Because I would nope. suggest, once again, you're going to have trouble filling your trucks, the seats you're trucking if you don't do this. So there's several things that can be done. First of all, the, the, the penalties itself, look at the fine that Seamus Reagan has $250,000 fine, regardless of the size of your trucking company. So if you're a 4,000 operator and they're out there, or what yep. truck you get this fine. So that's problem number yep. one. Number two is enforcement. You talk about what we're going to do. At a $250,000 fine, do the math on, say a truck doing $200,000 in revenue a year. So based on the $20,000 formula, that means you're saving 40 grand. So what that tells me, as long as you have more than six trucks doing it, you can't lose. Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. There's the opportunity to, but 
there's an opportunity to buy. Yep. Rivalry and fleet and keep it separate. We've got people doing that. Yep. The one yep. thing that the one thing that I find probably the most ironic about all this, and it, it really is ironic, maybe a bit of hypocrisy, frankly, is that all these carriers trying to shut down dry rink are absolutely making a fortunes on the back of dry rink and their freight broker divisions. Mm-hmm. Every, oh, big time. Huge, huge. A no. single carrier. And I'm not going to name names. I'm talking hundred yeah. million. Like you're talking the biggest yeah. brokers in this country. Yep. The biggest brokers, bar a couple, are, are divisions of popular carriers. Yep. Yep. Agree. Non driver, you cannot make money brokers without using driver carriers. We all use them. And the part about it is they've actually made a lot of money in the enterprise value because they're well, growing sure. a non asset segment. So you, know, you can see what you want, but and there's no. Now, this has served a large fleet, but the smart ones have also been. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I can share something. Uh, I, I won't say where I got it from, but I got it on good authority. So you talk about the $250,000 fine. The unfortunate aspect, that is only in the worst case scenario, and that will only be after it goes to court. I have been informed by the enforcers that there will be no fine in the beginning. If they come in, find out you're doing it, a driver ink program, what they're going to do is they're going to lay you um, some citations, non, non-monetary non citations to say, you need to stop and this is what you need to do. And if they come back in 30 days and you're still doing it, well, then they will lay a citation of $10,000 and they'll give you a court date. And then we'll go to court and we'll start to play around. It's only then if you continue to not do anything about it that you could see the $250,000 fine. So as you say, Mike, right off the bat, it's like even for a small carrier, it's like, okay, I've been given the warning shot. I need to change. Maybe I'll change. But for the big guy, it's like, yeah, big deal, $250,000. You know, it cost me more than that to support the CPP EI program and the WSIP. So it's it's of no sense to me. It's cheaper to pay the fine. And my point too is, so look at my situation I had a tax situation, a seven-figure tax from based on signing a form incorrectly. No interpretation, no benefit from me. It was a no-brainer, 11 years, and three or four court cases. So, you know, the problem you're going to have, they're all never companies. Now, one fleet, do you think these guys, these 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 drivers, or I should say guys, uh, the Men and women drive the trucks are suddenly going to run out and get a regular job with basic T4. No, mm-hmm. they're going to go on their drive rings thing. And by the time we shut the fleet down, 25 are going to start because you pretty much uh, work to the assumption that no one is starting a trucking company today in this country that's paying source deductions, period. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a lot of companies out there. Um, you know, I've had the, I've had the, well, called a privilege, I guess, to see these operations and whatnot. And they're they're operating totally illegally where they have multiple numbered companies because, you know, their their operating authority is under one company. Equipment is under another uh, company and then they, they lease it too. And and we had legacy carriers that do the same thing, right? It's a legal tax program. It, it's for proper deductions and, and all that to manage your risk because the last thing you want to have happen is, you know, one company takes everything down. So you break it up in pieces. Well, a lot of guys have companies that do nothing but the payroll. 
You know, so it's like I'm leasing my my drivers to this company to operate. So we pay that company and then all the drivers are paid through that. You shut down that company. It's like you said, no problem. I'll just start another one, put all the drivers under that one. There's no liability. They have it. Just as I said, like I think a lot of this is the ineptitude of CRA. I think a lot of it is the fact that you're just a drop in the bucket relative to tax arrears. But I really think that. They need this to for immigration because they'll go to other countries. I think that ultimately, yeah. immigrate, you know, we're short workers today. Imagine pulling the economy workers out. It would be impossible. You shut down the oh, economy. Yeah. It's yeah. all these realities. And, and I, once again, it's, it's so important to understand that. I don't agree with this, but there comes a point where you read the tea leaves, you have to say, it just, it's not, it, it logistically cannot go away. Now, Mike, as we, get to the point where we got to wrap this up. How about I ask you a real direct question? You've already answered this one, but a real direct question uh, to end this interview. Is Driver Inc. going away today? No, absolutely not. Is it going away? Yes. Is it going away someday? No. Am I not saying that the odd $250,000 fine might not be issued? Am I not saying there'll be some sort of you know, appearance of enforcement. Nothing that I look at, nothing that there's a lot of talk amongst the legacy peer, nothing they see. And you'd be amazed at how many cares are quietly, quietly uh, already have independent contractor programs uh, at their, because it's the only way they can fill the seat. It's just a matter now of do I get out or do I conform? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the one thought I hadn't thought of that you mentioned was the uh, carriers who all have broker divisions. And of course the broker divisions are all using driver Inc. You know, <laughs> even if the, the carrier themselves is not. Percent they are. No, it's, it's like, you cannot literally. Great. I, I'm not like John, I'm not going to mention cares. We, you know, we've got, we got a care friend of ours from out West. He's basically, he was a real, a real anti-driver Inc. guy. Mm-hmm. Out the broker's business, it's, it's incredible what he's built, but it's got to be done and, and see. So, you know, you've got the situation that's evolving where the other that's really evolving is third parties because they're the ones that use the broker. So, it, it the driver they might not be prominent a lot of these small guys and customers, but but they are prominent brokers. So, to your point, Chris, it's just there's just too many things pointing to something that I just logically don't see ever being. Shut it. Well, I was going to say with the volume of of drivers, as you said, you know, out there that are in the driver rank model, there's no way that a logistics operation could not work without them. You just wouldn't find enough regular carriers or legacy well, carriers that could handle the freight. Well, the rates are too high. And, you know, the, the challenge is that. So you see what's happened in this, in this market is that. So two things are driving. The spot market. What, of course, is driving seat saddle run for cheaper. But the other thing is they also don't have a 90% fuel surcharge on. And so that's really, that old school fuel surcharge system has really, I think, bitten a lot of carers hard because it's 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 made for, in the last year, the greatest, great disparity ever uh, between whatever calls spot market and contract rates. I know when I owned MSF as a broker, you could never compete a large care direct. Well, guess what you can today because 
you have in some lanes a difference of 80, 90%. And that, a lot of that's just, just uh, in fuel surcharge because driver and carriers don't charge fuel surcharge. It's all, here's rated flavor today. I went vanilla, vanilla today. I went chocolate today. It's a different rate every day. But if you can learn to manage that, they can't truck. Yeah, and that's a great spot to uh, end it up. Mr. Mike McCarron from Left Lane Associates, longtime industry veteran. Although you're younger than us, Mike, uh, when I say, I'm going to be careful when I say industry. <laughs> yeah, old, 63. Ah, <laughs> oh, you still, I got many sure. years on you, Mike, but anyways. I'm just under you. I'm just under you. <laughs> Thanks, Mike, for coming on. You are always yeah, invited. And always. once again, and we were talking about driver this week. Thanks, Mike.